Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, pet people, and welcome to the Pet Place Radio Show. I'm Marie Hewlett, and it is so nice to have you join us. Okay, here's a question for you. What alcoholic beverage do you think would benefit a basset hound? Okay, I admit it's a trick question. Please don't give your dog any alcohol. But guess what? Basset Hound Rescue of Southern California will be hosting a beer and wine tasting fundraiser, and the money that is raised from this event will certainly benefit homeless Basset Hounds. Our friend Melissa Riesenbeck Kairamonte, the president of Basset Hound Rescue of Southern California, will be here shortly to tell you all about it. And after our halftime break, Lake Forest City Council candidate James Gardner has some interesting animal issues he'd like to discuss, so keep your radio tuned right here to K Mozart, and we'll get started after a very quick message from the station. Welcome back. You're listening to the Pet Place Radio Show on K Mozart. I'm Marie Hewitt, and I'd like to welcome Melissa Rusenbeck-Shamonte of Bassett Hound Rescue of Southern California to the Pet Place. Hi, Melissa. Hi, how are you? I'm uh, very well. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I want to thank you for joining us this morning. I love Bassett Hounds, and I love the work you do in rescuing them. And I would like to talk about one of your big events that's coming up on October 13th. It's a beer and wine tasting event. Yes, um, it's our second annual beer and wine tasting at the winery at Main Street in Yorba Linda. It's from 2 to 6 p.m., and it's a great event. All the money goes to help the homeless hounds, and we have wine tastings. You get a glass of your favorite wine. We have food from BJ's, Panda Express, Chick-fil-A, lots of dessert, and we also have raffle items this year that will include uh, the toll roads, In-N-Out Burger, Knott's Berry Farm, Bruxy Cafe, Hangar 24, and Anaheim Brewing Company. Wow. Uh, we will also have some of our hounds there that are available for adoption, and we'll be selling our first ever BHRC Christmas cards. Oh, very cool, very cool. And what is the cost for attending this event? The cost is $25 per ticket. Okay. And for all these uh, additional items, is that like a silent auction or is it a raffle? How is that working? We have a raffle for most of the items listed, and then we'll also have some items for sale, BHRC items. So the Christmas cards, which feature our adoptable hounds, we have our calendars, and we also have private label wine. Okay. How did you come up with the idea of a beer and wine tasting fundraiser? Well, we wanted to do something to give back to our supporters that was different. So it raises money for the hounds, but it's also a really great way to come out and talk about basset hounds and talk about other things and just have a great time. So we were looking for something a little bit different that we hadn't done in the past, and this is what we came up with. It was a great success last year, so we're looking forward to it again. And it's probably easier to encourage people to adopt a dog after they've had a couple glasses of wine. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> just kidding, just kidding. Tell me about your adoptions. I know that you guys uh, are very successful, but let's hear some of the great stories. Okay, so since January 1st this year, we've taken in 90 hounds, 
and we've placed 91 in their forever home, so that's great. How does that math work? Well, we we have some from last year, so maybe oh, all the ones we got okay. in this year didn't find their home, but a handful from last year did. So. Okay, okay. <laughs> and we've had about uh, eight this month so far, and they range all over Southern California from Anaheim, Whittier, San Clemente, all the way to Hellendale. So we have quite a range. Um, adoption fees vary, so it depends on the age of the dog. It could range from $250 for a dog that's three years or older mm-hmm. to $400 for dogs under six months. Okay. And what does the adoption fee include? The adoption fee includes the dogs are all spayed and neutered, up to date on all their vaccines. They all have a fecal done before they're placed. They have a microchip. They all are seen by a vet, and um, if we have anybody with behavior problems, I'm a trainer, so I work with them, too, to get them ready for their new home. So it includes all of that. The dogs are healthy. If there's any health issues that we know about that will be ongoing, we always let the families know about that. Mm -hmm. But we really strive to get the dogs in the best shape that they, they can be in before they're placed. That's great, and I know all reputable rescue organizations will do this, so this is really wonderful that you're uh, getting all this stuff done ahead of time. Yes. And I know that a lot of people say, wow, that's a lot of money for uh, you know, a dog from a rescue, but that doesn't even, it's not even the tip of the iceberg as far as your no. cost for taking care of these animals, is it? No. we The average cost for a dog that comes through our rescue is $600. Wow. Um, that's an average. So over the summer, we've had quite a few dogs that have required ACL surgeries, and we had one dog that was a special case. Her name is Lucy, and she had invertebral disc disease. Um, it's very painful. She couldn't hardly get up and walk if she was just miserable, and her care for her surgery to get her feeling great and ready to be adopted with $6,000. So, you know, it raises our average when we have things like that. And in June, our average is $931 per dog. July was $893, and August was $870. So you can see the $200 or even $400 doesn't even come close to covering the costs that we incur for each of the dogs that come through. So that's why you need to have these special fundraising events. Exactly, exactly. What other uh, creative ways uh, do you come up with to raise money to care for the, the hounds? Uh, well, we do things like sell dates for our calendars, so you can feature your dog in our BHRSC calendar on the date that you choose. We do that once a year. Um, we have a lot of great events, so we have a self-serve dog wash and tail painting that will be at Pet Scene in Yukaipa on November 17th. We have a wine and dine that's coming up as well, and that will be uh, featuring a professional sommelier, Michael Davidson, from the Tasting Kitchen in Venice Beach. It will be held in Huntington Beach, and we will be educating people on wine pairings. There will be a personal chef that will be teaching how to cook for your pets, so we have lots of fun events and different ways that we raise money. Oh, that's great. Can somebody, I know a lot of people are probably writing all this down feverishly, but other people <laughs> might be driving. Do you have all of this posted on your website or Absolutely. on Facebook? Can you tell everybody where they can find this information? Sure. www.bhrsc.org. Okay. Do you have a Facebook page, too? We do. We have a Facebook page, and we recently hit over a 1,000 likes on Facebook, so we're really happy about that. (laughs) We 
It's a great place to watch. Um, we post lots of things about the dogs who are in boarding, who need a home. We place as they get adopted. We place our upcoming events and pictures. So it's a great place to check out. That sounds very cool. Hey, do you have a kennel or are the dogs in foster homes? We have uh, foster homes, and then we use a couple of vets in the vicinity to board the dogs that aren't yet in fosters, and that's actually one of our greatest needs always. We have an ongoing need for foster homes. So boarding costs per dog about $18 a day, and depending on how many dogs we have at any given time, we could have 10 or even 15 dogs in boarding Mm -hmm. if we don't have enough fosters. So as you can see, that really adds up. Um, since January 1st, we've spent over $32,000 on boarding alone. That oh, doesn't include any vet expenses. Wow. So that's a huge uh, area that we always need help. And we have one dog in particular. His name is Roscoe. He has been with us since June. And Roscoe is still looking for a foster home. He's a great dog, and we really love to get them out of boarding as soon as we can and into foster but for Roscoe that hasn't happened yet so on Roscoe alone we've spent $1,350 just for boarding. Oh my goodness. Why is Roscoe having such a difficult time getting into a foster home? Well Roscoe is a great dog. He is really energetic. He loves to play. He's really sweet and smart and he actually knows quite a few basic commands Um, but Roscoe can be a little bit particular about the other dogs that he lives with. So when we have a case like that, most of our fosters already have dogs or they have another foster dog, and they aren't able to take a dog in that doesn't get along with all sorts of dogs. So it's really important for people who are between dogs or don't have a dog but really love dogs and just want to help out, we are always looking for fosters who don't have dogs in their homes that help dogs like Roscoe out. Okay. And better still, you could probably just get, Roscoe straight into a home. That would be great, too. With a family who doesn't have a dog and who (laughs) wants to have a dog. That way he can completely bypass that that middle station. Absolutely. Roscoe, his family actually, um, they passed away, his owners. So he was shuffled around a lot before he came to us. Mm -hmm. So he would really love to have the stability of his forever home. And like I said, he's just a great dog. He's really fun. Every time I go to boarding to check on him, all of the people who work at the vet are telling me what Roscoe did yesterday and how amusing he is and how he's their favorite. So he's a really great boy, and he would love to be the king of the castle. So, <laughs> Well, then, listeners out there, if you are interested in a basset hound, Roscoe might be the dog for you if you don't have any other pets. How old is Roscoe? Roscoe is seven years old. Okay, so he's, you know, kind of uh, right in the middle there, but he definitely has a long life ahead of him still. Absolutely, and he has the energy. No one believes me when I tell them he's seven because he will run and run and play and chase his toys, so he really has the energy of a much younger dog, but he still has a long life ahead of him for sure. I just can't picture basset hounds with a lot of energy. (laughs) It's rare, which is why it's so amusing, and he's he's so different. And and all the time that you've been volunteering with Basset Hound Rescue of Southern California, what has been your most favorite success story? Um, I would have to say Lucy's pretty far up there on my list. Um, she's actually my foster dog as well, so I'm pretty close to her. I took her in when her family 
um, turned her into us, and she had been an outside dog her whole life. She's nine, and she was actually blind because she was so neglected. Her oh. eyes had been neglected for so long she couldn't see. Mm-hmm. Um, we took her to the ophthalmologist. We got her on her eye drops, and now she sees fine. She has so much energy. She loves to play. She loves every person and dog she comes across. She thinks everybody's her best friend. So she's really turned into a really happy well-adjusted dog and she's looking for her forever home as well but she will make a great pet for anybody who's looking so this success story is only about halfway through and we need to conclude it with finding a forever home for her yes we do (laughs) (laughs) how did you get involved in basset hound rescue I actually got involved after I adopted my first Basset Hound about eight years ago, and once I met him, I was kind of hooked on them, and I decided, you know, I want to do more, I want to help these dogs, I don't want to just help one, so I started volunteering in different ways, and here I am. And now you're the president. I am. (laughs) That's awesome. Melissa, I am always happy to promote the events of Animal Rescue Organization, so let's remind everybody one more time about your wine and beer tasting event, when it will be and where it will be. Okay, it's October 13th at the winery at Main Street in Yorba Linda. It's from 2 to 6, and tickets are $25. You can buy them on the website or at the door. And your website one more time is? bhrsc.org. Wonderful. Well, good luck with that, and keep in touch, and thanks for being on the show today. Thanks so much. We need to take a very quick break now, but when we return, Lake Forest City Council candidate James Gardner has some interesting animal issues to bring to the table for discussion, so stay right where you are, and we'll be right back on K-Mozart. We're back on the Pet Place Radio Show with James Gardner, candidate for Lake Forest City Council. Good morning, James, and welcome back to the Pet Place. Good morning. Thank you for having me. It's always uh, fun chatting with you. I know that you've been involved in your community for a number of years now, and and, uh, this is a repeat uh, bid for a city council seat. I know last time you came very, very close to getting elected. How do you think things are going this time? Well, you know, uh, this is my third time, so hopefully third time's a charm. (laughs) And uh, previously I was opposed by the incumbents. There were incumbents rerunning for all their seats, and it's practically impossible to beat an incumbent. That is true. People really do go for name recognition, unfortunately. Almost never happens. This year one of the incumbents stepped down. So there is an open seat, and so I'm very hopeful that uh, I will make the third time a charm. Well, that's exciting because I know in the past, the last couple of elections, you've sort of made your platform revolve around some important animal issues, and I know those issues are important to our listeners. And one of them this year is, should the city build a dog park? What are your feelings about that? Uh, Yeah, that seems to have come to the fore. In the past, the main pet issue was whether or not we should have a uh, a local shelter. And this year, I guess it's it's become more the dog park uh, for one reason, because it's probably easier 
to get a dog park than it is to get a a shelter. Mm -hmm. And secondly, because the city has been busy parceling out uh, land to developers. And so suddenly there's all this land around and people are asking the question, well, if the developers are making all these millions of dollars uh, on land, why can't they put in a dog park? So suddenly that's the main pet issue. Okay, and I'm assuming that you're in favor of a dog park in Lake Forest. Oh, yeah, sure. Uh, Virtually, we're probably one of the few cities that doesn't have a a dog park. Next door in Irvine, they have a dog park. In Laguna Woods, they have a dog park. Costa Mesa has a dog park, Laguna Niguel. I mean, I could just go on. There are plenty of dog parks down here. We're probably the only city of our size that doesn't have one. So, you know, we'd be 100% in favor of it. There is plenty of land. The city's got hundreds and hundreds of acres of parkland, and so having a dog park seems like a natural thing. You know, I also want to mention, um, because the the people who are opposed to dog parks always say, we want our money spent on kids, not on dogs. But the fact actually is, 70% of the homes in Lake Forest have an animal. Mm -hmm. 50% of them have a dog but only 40% of them have a kid. Ah. So, you know, there are more homes with dogs than there are homes with kids. That's issue number one. But the truth is, and this is so silly, people say uh, you're doing it for the dog. You're not doing it for the dog. You're doing it for the owner. Sure. You know, I mean, the dog may enjoy it, but it's the owner who takes the dog there. It's the owner who meets other dog owners. Mm -hmm. It's the owner who gets the dog to exercise and get it out of their system. So the benefit, although the dog does enjoy it, you know, you're doing it for the owner. And the truth is, more families in Lake Forest own dogs than own kids. And so far, hundreds and hundreds of acres of park and sports fields and et cetera benefit families with kids. Let's take a little tiny little sliver and benefit the people who have dogs. It doesn't seem unreasonable. No, not at all. I know a lot of uh, negative opinions about dog parks revolve around liability. Is the city concerned about liability if they build a dog park? No, the city just doesn't want to spend anything on anything to do with animals. We have a very anti-animal city. They had a trap-neuter release program all set up and ready to go, and they refused to do that. Can you explain what a trap-neuter release program is for our listeners who may not be familiar with that term? Oh, yeah, sure. Um, One of the biggest problems in overpopulation and in the fact that 80% of the cats at the Orange County shelter are killed within the first week of coming there are the feral cats. These are cats that live in colonies and reproduce uh, year after year after year. These colonies are everywhere. We have two of them here in Lake Forest, and they produce thousands of cats, and that's that's a large proportion who go into the shelters and get killed. Trap-neuter release programs are programs where you go out and you trap the little devils, you neuter them, and then you release them back out into the open. So you're not killing them. They live their lives out uh, just as they were living before, but they no longer reproduce. So within three or four years, those feral colonies are almost all but eliminated. Oh. 
Okay. And it's, it's worked almost everywhere. It's a big money saver every year. My city spends more than a third of a million dollars uh, on animal services, and we could cut out tens of thousands of dollars if we would institute a trap neuter release program. But that's just one of the other things uh, that my city hasn't done. They will do virtually just about nothing uh, that's pet-friendly. That's really amazing, considering you're right next door to Mission Viejo, which is probably, and Irvine, which are two cities that are extremely pet-friendly. I wonder how it ended up that Lake Forest has such a problem with supporting Uh, animal issues. I think it's got to do with bad luck of who got elected to the city council here (laughs) versus in the other two cities. It's, It's a bit of a joke, you know. Most people in Lake Forest think that either Irvine or Mission Viejo are our shelter. Mm -hmm. So when they lose animals, they typically bring them to those shelters, and when they go looking to adopt, they typically use those shelters. Mm -hmm. The sad fact is our shelter is the Orange County shelter. It's located about 40 minutes away, and uh, whereas the euthanasia rates in Irvine and Mission Viejo are less than 10%, up there, they're more than 50%. Right, right. So it's it's a sad state of affairs. Yes, but kind of funny that here we are stuck in between two of the pet-friendliest cities. Well, you know, honestly, this is an interesting fact. You know, we are, the people in Lake Forest, the pet-friendliest people in California. We may be the pet-friendliest people in the United States. We're about the only city that I can name of, you know, of fewer than millions of people, we have two PetSmart and a Petco mm-hmm. in our city. Wow. We have more vets in our city than Mission Viejo or any city around us. So, you know, everybody, business people, people who make money and who make decisions, know perfectly well just how pet-friendly we are as people. It's our city council that hasn't been pet-friendly. So the voters need to learn how to vote pet-friendly candidates into office. <laughs> yeah, so that would, be, that would be nice. And, you know, nobody expects anybody to vote for me or for anybody who's pet-friendly just because we're pet-friendly. Mm-hmm. I mean, if that's the only issue you have, you should go somewhere else. That's, that's not an issue. That's not the only thing that involves a city. Of we course. have mm-hmm. traffic problems. We have financial problems. We have lots of other problems, but it certainly should, for any pet owner and anybody listening to your program, that's something you should consider uh, when you're looking at a candidate. And uh, we uh, we had the unfortunate experience last time of backing a candidate who said he was pet friendly, and the last word about pets we heard from him was the day before he got elected. Oh, my goodness. You know, he's never done anything for pets ever since he got elected. So there's pet-friendly and, you know, honestly (laughs) pet-friendly. Yeah, it's hard to tell the difference sometimes, isn't it? (laughs) Well, not until they get into office. Now, when he comes up for re-election, you can be sure I'll make his public record known and, you know, let people who voted for him on the basis of, amongst other things, he was pet-friendly, that he never really followed through with his promises. Or maybe in the next two years, miraculously, he will turn around and, you know, follow through and uh, vote in something pet-friendly. The dog park seems to have the best chance of happening in the next two years for our city. And that would be a good step forward, not as good as an animal shelter. And 
uh, not as economically uh, justifiable as a trap, neuter, release program. But at this point in this city, I'll take anything I can get. Well, let's talk about the animal shelter situation. Okay, let's say you are able to end the contract with the county. What are the hurdles in possibly getting a a contract with one of your neighboring cities who has their own shelter, who's close, who your residents already go to already? All right. Well, speaking personally, just between you and me, so that nobody else would know what I'm saying, (laughs) uh, I have it on pretty good authority that our council is so difficult to work with that none of the neighboring cities that have shelters would really entertain a joint venture with our city. So, you know, the chances of us doing it in conjunction with Irvine or uh, Mission Viejo are pretty slim unless there were some changes in the council. Now, that being said, our city is big enough at 80,000 to do our own shelter Mm -hmm. or to do a shelter in conjunction with the other cities down here that don't have shelters. Rancho Santa Margarita doesn't and uh, Laguna Hills doesn't and Laguna Woods is kind of looking to partner with somebody else besides Laguna Beach. So the real answer down here is not to partner but to do it ourselves. Excellent. Well, James, it is always interesting chatting with you, and I wish you a wonderful campaign. And thanks so much for stopping by the Pet Place this morning. All right. Well, thanks so much for having me back. I hope the next time I'm back it'll be as a council member and not as a candidate. Definitely. We need to take one last break now, but don't go away. We'll be right back with Pet Place News and Events here on K-Mozart. On the Pet Place Radio Show. I'm Marie Hewlett, and it's time for Pet Place News and Events. Today, from noon to 4 p.m., the Animal Network of Orange County will be adopting out some beautiful animals to loving, forever families. If you're looking for a new four-legged family member, then head on over to Fashion Island in Newport Beach for this very special adoption event. For more information, call 949 759 3646 or visit www.animalnetwork.org and don't forget to check out our website at www.petplace.org to send us your comments or suggestions for the show and see what other fun animal related activities there are on the Pet Place calendar. Well, that's all for me today. Remember, pets need love and a home too. We'll be back next weekend with more of the Pet Place here on K Mozart. I'm Marie Hewitt. Please spare new to your pets and have a wonderful day. Mm-hmm.